Hi, this is Christine Baukamp, and today we'll be reading John 7, 25 through 36. It's titled, Is Jesus the Messiah? Some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, Isn't this the man they're trying to kill? But here he is, speaking in public, and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he's the Messiah? But how could he be? For we know where this man comes from, and when the Messiah comes, he will simply appear. No one will know where he comes from. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I come from, but I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, and you don't know him. But I know him because I come from him, and he sent me to you. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? When the Pharisees heard that the crowds were whispering such things, they and the leading priests sent temple guards to arrest Jesus. But Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little longer. Then I will return to the one who sent me. You will search for me, but you will not find me, and you cannot go where I am going. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by this, and they asked, Where is he planning to go? Is he thinking of leaving the country and going to the Jews in other lands? Maybe he'll even teach the Greeks. Like, What does that mean when he says, You'll search for me, but not find me, and you cannot go where I'm going? So many questions. Like reading through this passage right away, I just noticed that there are so many questions, don't you? Like people wondering and religious leaders puzzled. They're asking each other questions and, and all of them seem to revolve around this one big issue, which is, is Jesus the Messiah? Some people say yes and others say no and lots of them, they don't even want him to be who they think he might be, which is kind of funny because that's exactly what they're all waiting for, the Messiah. There are some things in this passage that need some background to understand it. Things like the word Messiah. The people in Jerusalem, they understood what the Messiah was and what the Messiah was supposed to do. But for us, knowing a little background will help us understand um, why they were trying to kill Jesus and why it wasn't just simple to arrest him and kill him. Messiah in Hebrew, the language that this text was written in, it just simply means anointed one. But there's all kinds of prophecy that was coming along with the Messiah. That prophecy and its interpretation was what had created a ton of confusion for the people. Now, if you want to read more about that, there's a lot of really good resources out there. A simple one would be the Anticipation of Israel's Messiah. That's simply online at Bible.org. You can read that. But basically, the Messiah's job was to destroy Satan and to deliver mankind from Satan's evil domain here on earth, which began in the Garden of Eden when he deceived Adam and Eve. The chosen Messiah God's chosen anointed one, would come to earth and rescue the people. How that was going to happen and who it would be was written about by the prophets in the Old Testament. And now people had to read the signs as they watched and they waited for their rescuer. 
And so throughout the generations from Adam and Eve, through that whole line of generations, Seth, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to Moses, I mean, all the way through the line of David, everyone had been waiting for the Messiah. The Messiah was a hope of freedom. And I think oftentimes we think about the Messiah in sort of a a micro or a small way. We think that, uh, or we only think about a Messiah that would come to free the Israelites from slavery, but really waiting on the Messiah was just so much bigger than that. In the big picture, the Messiah is coming to save us all. And so when we see all of the questions in this passage, it's because this is really, really important. All of their hope and their beliefs were based off of these prophecies about the Messiah. And so it's important for them to wonder and to try to understand if it's Jesus who's fulfilling the prophecies. They need to know for sure if Jesus is the Messiah. Like They were okay with Jesus as a teacher, and they were even okay with him as a prophet. But Jesus as Messiah, it just seemed like really far-fetched. We can take a look at a passage like this and relate to it because even though we already believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that he fulfilled all of those proper prophecies, the fact is we're still waiting for the Messiah too and wondering, puzzled, when he'll return to us. And what I mean by that is that we just have new questions. Like after Jesus came to earth and delivered the messages and the teachings and instructions on who God really is and what God's intentions were and are for the whole of the human race, he also delivered promises that say, yes, I've come, but in order for everything to work out, I have to die. And then I have to be resurrected in order to kill death. And then once I've done that, I'll be gone for a little bit longer back to my father. And and then I'm coming back for you again. And so for us on this side of the cross, our questions may be different, but there's just as many as the people in this passage had. Our questions are things like, if Jesus said he was coming back soon, what does soon mean? Maybe that's even the biggest question. We we try to make sense of some of the scriptures about his return and exactly what it's going to look like, especially when we read scriptures like in the book of Thessalonians or in Acts or, or most often the biggest questions come from reading and interpreting the book of Revelation. And in fact, maybe we do have more questions than they did. Just like those people in the passage in John who wanted to have more proof and even something tangible I think we want reassurance too. Jesus, um, he was right there with them and they could touch him and they could see him and that's, that's tangible, right? And, and yet there was still doubt. And I think, wow, you guys, he was right there with you. And I think that we would love that same connection or even proof, wouldn't we? I read recently in, um, it was actually the August 2017 issue of the National Geographic about seven people, seven men, who currently believe that they are Jesus Christ. 
not just Jesus Christ, but Jesus, the returned Messiah, who has come back as the second coming of Jesus. And I, I know that that sounds really, really weird, but it's, I think it's actually really, really interesting, mostly in that they're all really different people who have really good answers for all of the questions about the rest of the prophecies that get fulfilled through the second coming. I know it sounds weird, but these people, these seven men, they're sincere, and they come from all over. It was Russia, Siberia, Zambia, Brazil, Tokyo, and they have disciples. They have followers who are feeling very safe and comfortable to be with and believe in these men. These people have tangible Jesus who is answering their questions, and it kind of makes me long for my Jesus. There are many, many writings available to us on interpreting who the Messiah was for the Old Testament Christians, and many for identifying him while he was Jesus here on earth. And I don't know, maybe there's probably even more information on who Jesus is as the second coming Messiah and how that's going to look and how it's going to happen. And I know some people think that they have it all figured out, but the fact is, is that we have a ton of questions and there's lots of interpretation. And in the midst of all that, we still have all of our like day-to-day questions and our issues with trust and belief and faith and evil in this world. And so I guess just reading this passage reminds me of one big question mark. Maybe today um, our one micro question would be, What does all of this, all of that mean for us as New Testament Christians? And I think it's kind of two things. One, I think that as we look back on the beliefs on Messiah, like pre-Jesus, and we see how the prophecies about the Messiah were fulfilled in Jesus, it gives us hope. It gives us like this baseline for belief, because if God fulfilled his promise then that he does what he says he's going to do, I think that that gives us hope for the future that he is going to do it again, that the second coming of the Messiah is true and we can believe it because of what we've seen God do in the past. And then secondly, I think that in terms of those two comings that Because we live in this time in between, meaning like when Jesus was here, but then he went back to the Father, and now we're waiting for him to come back to finish what he started. We live in this in between where there's all of the tension, where good and evil exist together in this world. And we are able to put our hope in the good as we see that Jesus is redeeming some of the evil in this world, and that it's okay to ask questions about the stuff that doesn't look like it's getting fixed right now. Throughout this passage, it just seems to me that Jesus is okay with questions. I like that the questions are being asked, sometimes not even directly to him, like just an earshot, and yet he's answering anyway. I know that I came to him with all of the big questions, like, who are you? Why are there so many hard things that hurt? And as I grow, the questions still come, like, what does this scripture mean? And how can I be more like you? And there's always the big question, 
when are you coming back? Sometimes I just stare at the sky as if I could will him to come back. I know that any questions we have for him, they're welcomed by him. And we get the answers to most of our questions. The answered ones, they help us believe, don't they? They help us trust and grow. In Mark 9, 23 through 25, there's this father with a sick child, and he comes to Jesus, and, and he says, you know, my, my child is sick. Jesus, will you heal him? And Jesus says, if you believe, then all things are possible. And, and then the guy, he says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I feel like that describes me perfectly. Does it describe you perfectly? Like you believe and yet you still have questions. You believe and there's still some things that you're not sure about or you're not sure what to believe. I feel like like that father's willingness just to be honest and his desire to increase in his faith, it was enough for Jesus. Jesus goes ahead and, and he heals that boy. I think this is the big answer to our big questions that while we're waiting for him to come back, that we can ask questions and be honest and try to increase in areas of faith and that that's enough for Jesus. He understands that we're waiting. And that feels safe to me. That makes me feel okay to just ask questions and be sure, even though I'm not always sure. Let's pray. Jesus, for me and for everyone listening, we believe. Would you help our unbelief? Amen.